0: Our scripture reading today is from John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. After the two days he left for Galilee, now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray together. Father, this morning we come to your word. We acknowledge that it is truth. We acknowledge that it is uh, your authority over us. So, Father, help us to hear it. Uh, Help us to internalize it. Help us uh, to live it. And, Father, we know that we're not able to do this in our own power, Father, only through your Holy Spirit. So fill us, uh, use this time for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen okay so random question how many of you had a swimming pool when you were a kid like when you were grown up you had a swimming pool like one that people would would want to come to <laughs> not not one that like you dogs were in or something but yeah like a swimming pool when you were a kid yeah so I've heard from people I didn't have one as a kid but I've heard from people who did that like it was it was a real burden as in, of a of childhood to have a swimming pool why why? You guys probably already know the answer, right? Because if you had a swimming pool as a kid, you never really knew who was your friend or not, right? You didn't really know. I know that for me and probably the rest of us in, the, in this room who had friends who had pools, right, it was a, always a tricky situation of, of how to, you know, interact with them because you'd be talking, hey, what do you want to do today? And you're thinking in your mind, I know what I want to do today, right? I want to go to your house and I want to swim, uh, we should just do that every day. Why would we not do that all the time every day? But, you know, you have to play it cool. Be like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I, I mean, I guess we could go to your house or we could go to mine. I, or we could go to your house. That's fine. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should just go to your house. For, for those of you who had pools, you probably had like 100 people constantly, you know, calling you or, you know, wanting to hang out all the time. Or maybe they would just show up. I know people just would show up. At the, oh, okay, we? we cool if we swim? You know. You, you would feel used by people, right, if you had a swimming pool or, or maybe something else cool, four-wheelers or snowmobiles or I don't know what people would think was cool. But um, feeling used by people because they just want your stuff. They just want to swim in your pool. Most of us have experience with something like that of, of people who maybe we don't think are really our friends, but they are, are using us for one reason or another. Maybe they're, they're trying to get to somebody that we know or, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, when I was a, a teacher, uh, in, uh, a high school teacher, I always used to tell the first kids who turned 16, hey, just be really careful, right? You're about to become the most popular kid in school. Right? You're gonna have all these brand new friends, mainly because they're gonna want you to drive them places. Uh, so just be really careful uh, with, with this newfound popularity of, of turning 16, right? Same idea. Um, in our passage this morning, Jesus is getting popular, the, the question that we're going to ask is why? Why is Jesus popular now? Why are people starting to, to seek out Jesus? Why are they trying to find him? Is it because of his great teaching or is it because of something else? And so our, our answer we'll see this morning in, in John chapter 4. So we've already, we've already uh, read our passage and we'll ju- we're just going to, I'd say, keep it open. We're going to keep going back to it there in John 4. Uh, our Lenten season Uh, series is is going through the signs of jesus in the book of john and and john tells us that there are these things that happen uh, that he he makes careful note to write about uh that he calls signs they're they're sometimes they're 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 miracles sometimes they're maybe not quite as miraculous but uh but they are things that jesus does and his intention is for people to see something more Um, and, and so we have said that signs are physical illustrations of a spiritual principle Jesus wants us to learn something deeper from from these events, and and our our story already this morning is one of those signs. Last week, we saw Jesus cleanse the temple, and we learned that Jesus is saying he's going to become the temple. He will be the place that houses God's glory. He is the place where God can be found. It's in Christ. Um, And so this morning, I think we'll see another powerful truth as well. And so... I want to just kind of work through the different parts of our story. And so we'll just begin at the beginning, which is verses 43 through 45. John 4, 43 through 45. It says, After the two days he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. And so when he came to Galilee, the Galileans uh, welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So let me just tell you that I'm convinced that one of the kind of the big lessons of our story this morning is that it's meant to be tied to the other events, uh, specifically in John chapter 4. And so if you, if you were to look back through, through this chapter, you see that Jesus leaves Judea, which is a, the area around Jerusalem, uh, because because there's too much commotion because too many people are 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 wanting to try to follow him and he realizes that it's going to become this this commotion that that it's going to be a movement that he isn't wanting at this moment and so um he he, jesus is concerned about his hour and he talks about that several times and when when he says my hour you know has not come yet he's meaning his death the time that he's going to be put on a cross for the sins of the world and so He's going to leave that area for things to calm down. That's, that's why he leaves. And he goes through Samaria, um, which is an interesting choice. And, and we, we've kind of gone around the story of the woman at the well. But you've, you've probably heard something about it, right? The Samaritans were, were, were these people that the Jews didn't like. They saw them as traitors and, and, and unclean and all that kind of stuff. And, and so they would have normally traveled around that whole area and not gone through there. He decides to do it and so um, you know he encounters this woman the Samaritan woman and they have a remarkable conversation in most of John chapter 4 and so after that conversation she comes to realize hey this Jesus is the Messiah he is the Christ as they'll call him the son of God and 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 he is the savior of sinners and so she goes and obviously goes and tells everybody that she knows about him, and and the Samaritans are excited, and they want to come and get to know him. And it says in in that passage, uh, in in 39 through 42, uh, it says, first they believed in him because of the woman's testimony, and then later it says that they'll spend time with him, and and, and they will come to have faith because they encountered him on their own. And so, these Samaritans have come to a faith in Jesus. And so there's going to be this, this real contrast right here between the, the, this true faith that the Samaritans have because of their encounter with Jesus and, and the Galileans that, that, are, that are showing up and, and, and going after Jesus. It says because they've heard of his miracles. Okay? And so... Um, it's, it's my belief and, and lots of others that, that Jesus is here making note of he's not going to have proper honor in his own hometown. People aren't going to come to have faith in him like the Samaritans just did. And, and they're going to simply welcome him because they can get him to do miracles. They're, they're excited that Jesus has shown up because they've heard he can do miracles. And so so I think one of the big ideas is this comparison of faith, the faith of the Samaritans and the faith of of the Galileans. Okay, so the next kind of movement of our our story is that Jesus receives a request for help. It's in verse 46. We read about it. Uh, It says, so he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water into wine. And at Capernaum uh, there was an official whose son was ill. Um, Capernaum is, is, is located uh, at the, on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's, a, it's about 20 miles from Cana. Um, Jesus w- will essentially make Capernaum his, his ministry headquarters, if you will. Um, and this, this, there's an official from there who comes to see him at Cana. And, and the official was, was we, we think, most likely somebody who was attached to the service of a, of a person named king Herod Antipas. Uh, uh, he was also called the Tetrarch of Galilee, um, and he was there from like 4 BC to 39. Herod Antipas wasn't a king. Um, he, I don't know, I guess he just let people call him that. It's like, you know, people you know who, some people call them doctor and they're not really a doctor, and I guess he was okay, just okay with it. Um, but he's not a king. He's just kind of like a, a regional director, if, if, if that's what maybe we would call him today. But he was definitely an influential person. And, and so this official probably works for him there at Capernaum. And so we find out this, this official's son is, is sick. Um, there, there's, uh, there's a note in, in the ESV Study Bible that I actually think is, is kind of a helpful point. And so, so kind of hear this quote. It says, John shows Jesus bringing the gospel to a respected Jewish teacher in John 3, uh, were the, for God so loved the world, that's in the story with Nicodemus, so that's in John chapter 3, um, and says, and then to an outcast Samaritan woman, so that's the beginning of John chapter 4, and then to an official working for the Roman government. So you've got Jew, Samaritan, and then probably a non-Jew working for a Roman governor. We're not sure if he was Jewish or not, but... Um, it says, and so by and thus by implication from these examples to everyone in the world, Jesus is patterning his ministry about what he's come to do, and there's a global, a global message that he's sending. So part of that sign is that he's doing something bigger than anybody could have expected. Okay, so verse forty-seven. It says, when this man, that is the official, heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point. Of death we're not told what the official knows about Jesus um, most likely it was you know rumors and, and stuff like that he had heard that Jesus had had done some incredible things maybe he was able to heal people that's that's probably all this man knows and so he, he's um, he, he's gonna go to Jesus because he wants a miracle he wants a miracle uh, to heal his son if the, the official did not go to Jesus because he thought that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ, that anything to do with forgiveness of sins. He just, he just thought he could do something. Nevertheless, right, this official must love his son because he, he's going to desperate measures. He's going to a far-off town to try to find Jesus to see if he can, he can do anything. And so then we see this response from Jesus Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I, I want you to know that he says, when he says you, it's a plural. He's talking to the whole crowd. He's saying, unless you people, not just this man, he's not just directing it at this guy. Um, he, he, he's talking to the whole crowd um, because it applied to them. Right? We just are told by John, they've come because they heard he could do miracles. And um, you know that, that phrase "signs and wonders" in the Greek is is, is kind of a is kind of a f- a common phrase of like doing amazing things, right? So so you know the, the resp- um, it, it's kind of like saying these are, are you not entertained? Um, maybe some of you catch that reference. Um, it, it's a, it's a critique that these people have just come to to to, be mar- to have something to marvel at. Right? They're just gawkers. They're there to see what's He going to do. Is He going to do something amazing? That's why they're there. They don't want Jesus. They don't want to know Him as the Savior or the Messiah. They simply want miracles and benefits of Christ. We know from this book, and, and we've already seen it in, in the sermons for the last few weeks, Jesus intended for His miracles to be signs that pointed people to him as a spiritual truth, who he was, what he had come to do as the son of God. Not just that he could do amazing things, but these people are going to refuse to see Jesus beyond his miracles. And so, so nevertheless, right, he kind of gets this rebuke as well as the whole crowd, but he's undeterred, right? He says, hey, Jesus, please come before my son dies. And, and, and what does Jesus respond to him, Verse 50, Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. And, and the phrases should probably be translated, it's translated better as, your son now lives. Your son now lives. Meaning, there's an emphasis here. And the emphasis is not, hey, don't worry about it, he's going to be fine. That's not what Jesus says at all. That's not the, the just intended meaning of, of that phrase. Hey, he's, he's, he's alive, it's fine. But, in, but the emphasis on, is on an action. Because I have intervened, he now lives. You get, what, get that distinction. It's not just, eh, hey, don't worry about it. Go home, don't worry, it's not a big deal. It's No, you can go home now, I've taken care of it. That's the emphasis of this language here. Um, this, this boy lives because Jesus intervened. And so Jesus is calling the official to trust him in this moment. He says, go home. I'm not coming with you, but just go home. It'll be fine. I'm take, I've taken care of it. Jesus did not need to be present to bring about a miracle with healing in this moment. He doesn't have to be there. And, and it's, a, it's a wonderful moment. We, we kind of can read through it and just go past it. But it says the official takes him at his word. And he returns home. And I, I just want you to think about that for a minute, um, you know, in, in your own shoes. You know, this, this parent comes to Jesus to do a miracle. And when Jesus says, oh, yeah, it's done, I've done it, the man leaves. He says, okay, cool. And he go, he leaves. Without any proof, this is involving his son, he's just going to go home. He's going to leave. It's, it's a remarkable act of faith, isn't it? And and, and so we're not sure of some of the details, but it seems as though something prevents the the man from being able to get home that day. Um, He spends the night and and is going to continue on his journey. He's going to go now to Capernaum. and, And so if you look at verses 51 through 53, it says, as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering or was alive, probably is a better translation. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better and they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him your son will live or is now living The official who had acted in faith now finds out that Jesus had not only kept his word but had done an amazing miracle a miraculous thing had taken place and so this gets us to our, our fourth piece, and that is that, that Jesus evoked a response of faith from this man. And so look at verse 53 again. So he, he says he knows when Jesus had said to him, your son will live, and it was this very hour. It says, and he himself believed and all his household So this idea of faith is is what I would say is our main principle, our main point of the sign for this morning. A major theme in John, especially in chapters 2 through 4, is the the reaction of people of these different individuals to the message of Jesus and the the degree of faith that they had in him. John records that Jesus turns water into wine, and it says his disciples believed in him. There, not everybody apparently knew what had happened, but his disciples did, and that was the moment for them where they said, this is the guy. He, we have faith. We believe in him. In, in contrast to this, many in, in Jerusalem um, you know, believed in Jesus because of his signs, but it says that... Uh, Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. That's in 2.24. They didn't have faith in Jesus. They just saw amazing things. And, and then we, again, we get to the story of Nicodemus, and he doesn't fully believe yet. We know that he will come to believe. Right? When you know the end of the Gospels, we see Nicodemus as, as a person who has decided, I'm going to trust in this Jesus, but not yet. Not yet in John 3. And then in chapter 4, both the Samaritan woman and kind of the whole village of Sychar comes to believe in him. This, this, this Samaritans, those, the Samaritans, the least of all the people in the minds of Jews, come to believe in Jesus just by being around him. And so finally, in the comparison, we have this nobleman and his, his household will believe in Jesus because, because of what they have seen. Faith. Saving faith. The, the second theme found in this passage is that of Jesus giving life. Um, in his talk with Nicodemus, Jesus had told, um, told him that, that God sent him so that the, the world might have eternal life. Those who believe might have eternal life. Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that he could give her water that would bring life. Remember the the contrast between just normal water and and this this water that gives life. And and finally, in the the healing of this official son, Jesus proves that he can, in fact, give life. And and we'll see him do it again in the raising of Lazarus, which, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. And then finally, John concludes this. The story with the words in verse 54 says this was now the second sign that Jesus did when he he had come from Judea to Galilee. Jesus had performed uh, other signs in Jerusalem, but the the healing of the Son is is the second sign in Galilee. um, uh, The other being the the water into wine. But but this third sign teaches us that Jesus is the Son of God, right? They've they've all been pointing at, at that, but that who can grant life by the word of his power. He can merely say it. Jesus doesn't have geographical limits to his power. He can simply say something and life comes. He can simply will it into effect. If you uh, remember at the beginning of the book of John, it says that Jesus is the Word, and the Word was what spoke the universe into existence. That's who we're talking about. So yes, he can heal somebody from 20 miles away. He he doesn't have to spit to make mud, which which makes some of these other stories of healings interesting, right? Why does he have these guys, you know, go wash in this pool and then do this, that, and when in this story he just says, yeah, I've already done it. It's in in my head. I've healed him. He's done. He grants life by the word of his power. And, And the point of all the signs are to show who Jesus is. So if you, if, you, if you went and looked at John chapter 20, 30 through 31, it says this, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written, pay attention, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The point of all of this, the point of the whole book of John is that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. That was the point. That was the point. He he didn't just come to do miracles to heal people. He could have healed everyone on the planet, but He didn't. He came to do something He said more important than that. So that that tells us that the most important part of this story is found in verse 53, where it says that he and his family believed. The, The word believed there is the same word. It's a specific word that's used, That we talk about when somebody comes to a saving faith, if you will, a saving faith. Meaning, these people are believers. They are saved believers in every way that you would want to think of that in our, you know, Christian nomenclature. They are saved believers. Believers in Jesus. They're not just amazed at His miracles. They now have a saving faith based on the realization that He is the Christ, the Son of God, in whom they may have life. That's what's happened here. Yes, it was amazing that the official son was healed, but if that's all that had happened, it would still be a tragedy of a story for the official and his whole family. If they had not become spiritual believers in Jesus, they were still going to die an ultimate death. But something much, much bigger has happened in verse 53. Jesus' ability to heal the body is meant to point us to the truth that he is the only one who can heal our souls and give us eternal life. That's the big sign. I I see and hear a lot of Christians today who like what Jesus can do. And they talk about healing and they talk about breakthrough. They sing songs about how he helps them face their giants. And all that's great and all of it's true. But I I can't help but wonder if if some of these are are just like the Galileans. They love Jesus because he can do signs and wonders and cool stuff. But do they have faith in who Jesus is, not just his miracles? And if I turn the question, I have to ask myself that same one. Do you and I have faith in Jesus, or do we just like that he does cool stuff and and can do breakthroughs and miracles and healings? You know, if I'm, if I'm really honest, I, can, I, I marvel at the way that my faith can ebb and flow because of my circumstances. I can be really, really faithful to God when He's taking care of everything in my life and everything's going great. But when, when awful things happen, when, when, when things I don't want to happen happen in my life and in all around me, where is it the same? Do I just want Jesus because I think he's going to bring me and my family health and wealth and good, good, you know, good life? What's the foundation of my faith? It needs to be John 20, 31, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, everlasting spiritual life in his name. This is the faith that God is calling us to have. Not faith in his miracles, not faith in him doing amazing stuff. Oh yeah, he can do anything. He can do miracles. He can heal from afar. He can heal from anywhere. But the good that Christ has done should and will lead us to an unshakable faith that leads us to everlasting faith and everlasting life in him. Let's pray. Father, you, you sent your son to our earth for a short period of time in a different period of history into the into a, a small populated area of of Galilee. But he came for so much more than to be popular and influential and, and to fix everything and heal everything. He came for life and life eternal. That those, the miracles He did, the signs He did would point them and us to something much bigger. Physical healing shows a, the, the ability for a spiritual healing. Father, we ask that here. That you would change us. That you would bring us life through your Son. And we would believe believe in that and that we would be changed. We would be given new life in Christ. Let us hold to that truth that... We've already been given in Christ the most important thing. The work's already been done. Let that faith be unshakable no matter the circumstances around us. No matter when we're shaken to our core. Remind us the hope of eternal life in Jesus. Pray this in his name. Amen.